Hello, I'm Father Grant Naylor, parish priest of St. Matthew's Carver Street in the city of Sheffield, and this is Coffee with Father, a weekly 15-minute interview with someone after Mass, inspired by the words of God in 1 Peter. For you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And it's a great joy this week to be joined by Caroline Fisher. Hello, Hello it's uh it's um, it's a real delight to do this interview and we're doing this interview in your lovely home <laughs> uh where i where i've been well fed tonight so uh so so many thanks always a hospitable home at the fishers uh caroline no the first question that i ask is uh whether you tea or coffee but actually we've just had a glass of wine Normally coffee because you know tea, nah, bit boring. Coffee keeps me keeps me going. Coffee keeps you going. Very good, uh, Caroline. It's it's a joy to be here, and uh, I mean what we've been talking about in these podcasts is just hearing about people's journey of faith and how the mass sort of uh, equips them for life today, and we start off by thinking a little bit about your journey at Saint Matthew's now. Your journey at St. Matthew's extends a very long way back, uh, over 100 years, I believe. Well, that's how long the family have been going back. Um, I started coming to St. Matthew's, I think, 10 days after I was born. Very good. Uh, I was baptised at St. Matthew's on Palm Sunday, 1962. Wow. Um, you don't so, look old enough. Well... You're very flattering. <laughs> <laughs> so, and basically, with a couple of short sort of sojourns elsewhere, I've come there all my life. That's amazing. And it's, uh, you know, you're, you're a tower of strength because uh, not only are you a faithful and regular worshipper at St Matthew's, uh, and you always sing up from the back, <laughs> you are also, for your sins, the treasurer. Indeed. Well, you know, I do feel it will get me to have purgatory. <laughs> and that's why many, I'm doing many it. decades. <laughs> so many thanks for all that you do. Uh, so do you want to say a little bit more about how your family uh, found St. Matthew's and, and why it became a base for them? Um, my great-grandfather um, used to go to, I think it was St. Silas. Um, yes. And... Uh, way. Then they... Um, they lived on uh, a road just up from that. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, and they they uh, they started going to St Matthew's, uh, but they didn't send the children. Uh, they sent the children to St Silas with the maid. Yes. Um, and then they decided that no, they just take the children. And this was sort of like in nineteen oh five or whatever. So you on the so days the, of Father Omni. Uh, yes. Yeah. They 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 started there, and uh, he was the. Uh, surveyor in Sheffield and so mm. sort of was very sort of involved in you know sort of the regeneration of Sheffield as it was in the in the early 1900s and uh, you know sort of they they kept going from there they had three daughters uh, one of whom was my grandmother and uh, whilst um, one of her sisters moved away and moved down south um, she and her sister both um, that's the dog by the way kicking Hello, in the background. Murphy. Mer- you don't have to make yourself Mer- known. Mer- Murphy is a huge German shepherd uh, <laughs> who is an absolute delight. And a flea he, bag. He, he's very devout as well. He has been to church and been to St Francis's. He has. He got yes. blessed on St Francis Day. Come on. Um, 
so they started going and, you know, sort of, um, to cut a long story short, they, um, you know, decided that as a family we would keep going. My par- my grandparents, I think, met at St Matthew's. Yeah. Um, my parents, you know, sort of, um, well, weren't married at St Matthew's because uh, it was in the days when there was, there was a fire shortly before. Yes. And so indeed. my mother had to get married at St John's, which she was devastated oh. about. Um, but no, I mean, you know, we've carried on. I mean, I, as I say, I was baptised there. I was confirmed there in 1971. I was married there in 1986. Um, my children were all baptised there. Um, and, uh, you know, so we've carried on, you know. And I remember when I first got here, your late mother, Eve, who many people will remember, St Matthew's, uh, was still around. And uh, it's... She was a really wonderful character. I remember when I first arrived, the first thing that she said to me was, she said, oh, Father, she said, I can die now. She said, because <laughs> we've, we've, we've got another Catholic priest yes. and, and you're going to keep the daily mass going so I can die now. I said to Eve, I said, just carry on for a bit longer, please. I said, you don't need to die yet. Yeah, I think this was, this was one of the things, I mean, you know, sort of my mother would have been eternally happy had she managed to have uh, three children and she'd had a doctor, a priest and a lawyer. Um, she managed a lawyer, but she didn't manage the other two. And I think that would have, would have made her very, very happy. Yeah. Oh, well, there's still time with the grandkids yet. So I'm, st- I'm, I'm still praying for Paddy and Mickey. Uh, no, I think you might have missed out on the priest. You never know. You never know. Nothing is impossible to God. Um, and uh, so obviously you've had a family yourself. Yes. And uh, do you want to say a bit about the kids? Uh, about well, we've we've had uh, we've got we've got we've had four children. Uh, Michael, who's our eldest, uh, and then we had Joe, who sadly died uh, when he was nine days old. Mm. Uh, I'll come on to that, but that's a bit more about my faith in a bit. And then uh, we were very lucky to have Isabel, who's known as Tibby, and uh, then the lovely Patrick, Paddy. Paddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all good, you know, good, good saints' names. You know, yes, they're all, they're yeah. all, they're all, they're all archangels. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think um, the thing about Joe was, I think that was actually really what kind of cemented my faith in this is that mm. I realised that um, even when absolute disaster happens, mm. you know, um, that was still the rock on which I went back to. Yeah. And people sort of said, oh, how, how could you keep believing in a God who let something like that happen? Yeah. But I was sitting there going, he didn't let that happen. You know, sort of God has a plan for all of us. And this was his plan for Joe. And Joe, Joe managed to achieve in nine days what some of the rest of us, you know, have to struggle for 90-odd years yeah. to get, you know. Yeah. And he, he, he made it through to God much, much quicker than the rest of us. And I think that... It's never really worried me from that point of view. I think mm. it's always just been that that has been, you know, that that underlying thing that, you know, Gosh. this is this is where where we are and what, yeah. what we believe. And it is that just very simple, you know, sort of faith is what we believe. We don't have to we, we don't question why we just do. I mean, I find that so powerful because that must have been such a traumatic time for you to lose you know such a young child and it was very challenging mm. um i and i think 
it's one of those things. It's not something you ever get over. It's a hole you learn to walk around. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you fall into it. Yeah. And most of the time, you just keep going. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that knowing that death is not the end... Yeah. ...changes everything. Because if you, if you thought that that was it... Yeah. ...and death was the end, then there would be no point... Yeah. Um, however, because I know it's not, mm. then it allows me to to move on and keep going. You know. And I think it gives us that hope, doesn't it, that we will one day see our loved ones again. Absolutely. You know. And I mean, it's like whenever I I, I do the preface, I do love doing the you know make, you know sort of rest eternal grant onto them. But I also would really like it when we add in may they re- you know your a rising glory yeah you know and i think that's that's the thing you know mm. um it's just fundamental i think to how how we all work and i think i mean it was one of the things i remember when 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 i told my mom that joe had died is that the first thing she she did was uh, she immediately went running into town to try and find a church that was open yeah. so she could go and pray oh, you know and sure. i think it's just one of those things that that you know sort of for all of us, it has been, you know, very, very, very fundamental. I mean, my husband Jeff was not confirmed, but he always he got confirmed after Joe died because he said that he was doing it because Joe couldn't. Wow. So he yeah, he got yeah. confirmed for Joe. That's part. You know, and yeah. you know, sort of. I mean, not that he ever didn't believe; he always did believe, but he just never taken that further step. But I think he took that step, you know as part of that and because you know for joe i often think about you and pray about you as a family uh whenever i'm saying my office in the lady chapel yes because of course the tabernacle on yes. the lady chapel altar is in memory of joe isn't it it is yes yeah. yes mm. yeah it's a beautiful dedication though and um it's very moving to hear how you know your faith your faith has been a strength to you even in those difficult times yeah i think lots of people in those situations, I'm not saying that being a Christian makes everything right, but I really feel for anybody who's not a Christian in those situations or in times of trauma, it must be so difficult to um, to get through stuff. Having talked to some friends who have had, not similar things, but, you know, sort of, you know, the husband died young from cancer or whatever, mm. and they have become quite bitter and raging against the mm. world mm. And, and and see things as very you know sort of negative and I think it's it's a different way of looking at things and it just it allows you to see the purpose yeah in what we are doing you know and why why you know this just really isn't it if this was it why would we all bother yeah you know yeah well thank you so much for sharing that and uh, and for being so open about it as well Caroline in your daily work in life you also work with numbers at the moment yes. and figures yes um i couldn't think of anything worse <laughs> <laughs> the thing about what? numbers is they're not scary once you know how to deal with them. okay okay i'll <laughs> take like, i'll, I'll take the word for it i think that's rather like you know sort of working with children and animals yes once you know how to deal with them they're fine yeah I can deal. I can deal with kids and animals. It's just figures, which uh, I find a bit frightening. I find children frightening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
you know, how did you first get into that line of work and working in accounts? Um, basically, I did a degree and, mm. you know, didn't really know what to do. So I ended up working in IT for a few years. And then I was working for a well-known firm of jewellers in Sheffield, H.R. Browns. Oh, and yes. um, still learned. Uh, yeah, I do you know what? I bought a watch strap off them recently, and it says, um, "By appointment, His Grace the Duke of Norfolk." Absolutely, they're very proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you that it probably had a fifty-seven on the code, uh, yeah. on the stock code, because I I put their stock code system yes. in. I I transferred everything from being you know massive massive ledgers to being computerized, and. Um, the guy who I worked for was a guy called Michael Frampton, who I respected massively. He was a superb employer, very, very straight, very, very fair. Yeah. Um, and he was a chartered accountant as well, being, uh, as being a jeweller, because mm. uh, his father had always said, you know, you can't just do that. You need a proper profession. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he talked to me about it and basically sort of said, yeah, you know, you probably ought to do something else. And so I said, oh, okay. And so he put the idea in my head, so I went off and did a training contract with a chartered accountancy firm in Sheffield. And, cool. You know, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. And do you get, I mean, outside of work, do you get much time for yourself? Um, other than doing the church accounts, obviously. Obviously, I spend most of my life doing the church <laughs> accounts. Um, yes, I mean, you know, sort of I have a few, you know, hobbies and interests, you know, I try and, you know, sort of... Uh, put off aging by you know doing some exercise uh, well but, I'm I mean, impressed by this because I remember once we had we had a breakfast meeting <laughs> at eight o'clock in the morning and you arrived having done your pilates and everything else yeah no you it's know, good in it I, I was yeah. absolutely you are, yeah, you like, are an example like, to us I all I do like going to pilates at seven o'clock in the morning it makes me feel very very virtuous mm. which means that by six o'clock in the evening I can have a glass of wine Oh, uh, yeah, it's credit debit, isn't it? It That's, is credit you know, debit, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You say, you're yeah. talking like an accountant now, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, I like it. The final question, uh, Caroline, that I've been asking people is what difference does it actually make to your life receiving the Eucharist week by week and coming to Mass and receiving our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament? It's funny, I was thinking about this, and I remember years and years ago, we, we had a conversation at church and we had a, a session about talking about what were the important bits of the liturgy for us. And for me, coming to Mass gives me time to step aside mm. and focus on something completely not of this world. Yes. And I think... One of the other things was, um, it was a sermon you preached actually not long ago, and it was talking about, you know, the continuum of when mm. you um, receive Holy Communion, you are doing it along with all the other people who've ever done it at any point in time. It's a single mm. sacrifice once and once for all. Absolutely. And so it's basically this whole idea that you are doing it with everybody who has done it for the past 2,000 years on every day, every time. And to me, that is a huge thing. And it makes you feel very, very safe, mm. very much a part of something mm. and very much, as I say, not of this world. And I think for me, the the thing I like most is that bit, you know, um, 
when when you say you know sort of you know um you know i'm not worthy yeah you know and that's it and i just go i'm not worthy but you're going to let me anyway aren't you mm. and mm. it's lovely because you do feel so loved and so a part of something mm. and so i come away just feeling better mm. Mm. more complete and yeah. you know just you know as i say that that whole sense of belonging for me is a huge part of it. It's yeah. that that thing about belonging, belonging to God, belonging to everybody else, and you know. You then you can stop being afraid about things. You mm. you 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 know that it's not just you. You know it's that's, it's everything. That's, that's it. That's you know. beautiful. I love that. Yeah, belong belong to God, belong to everyone else, and that takes away our fear. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Thank you. Uh, I'll give you a blessing. May the angels of God watch over you. May all the saints of God pray for you. And Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.